y'all welcome back to part two of amanda lewis let's get into it ready for sergeant michael rayleigh uh, no because his name doesn't have an a in it but i'll fine i'll allow it <laughs> you want to rename him um austin no i'm gonna call him sergeant sergeant <laughs> works <laughs> so um when he responded to the call um the EMTs were already there. They were performing CPR. Amanda was crying. Um, and Amanda told him Adriana had been in the water anywhere from 15 minutes to, do you want to guess? An hour. Did you read my paper? No, I'm just, I'm literally just looking at you and, and guessing. It literally says 15 minutes to an hour. Fuck off. Stop. And she, she didn't even like think, hmm. That's weird. Where's my fucking child? We're getting there. Okay, sorry. Yeah. So, so yeah, where is Amanda during this? This is what we're going to establish right now, yes, right? Yes, okay, yes, got yes. it. We're, we're getting there. Like, we're getting there. Um, he noticed, <laughs> he noticed the wagon had dirt, water, and footprints in it. Oh. Yay, wagon. Remember our wagon. Yes. So, um... About this time, they, so, firefighters showed up, yes, firefighters showed up, the EMT. EMTs, and then, paramedics. Because, yes, paramedics, and because they're in a small community, they actually had to call in Starfleet. Oh, shit. So, they had to prepare a landing zone, and they had to take her by ambulance to the landing zone, so that's, you know, I'm going to, where we're at. Right. So, this time, they were... Um, transporting Adriana to the landing zone. So Sergeant Rayleigh is the one that took Amanda over to the landing zone. And when they got there, this is her story to to him when they got to the landing zone. Remember everything she says. We're going to... Every time Amanda has a story, you should remember it. Um, So... I lost my spot. <laughs> Landing zone. Landing zone. And then Amanda is about to tell okay. the, the sergeant. When they got there, she told him the kids wanted to get in the pool earlier. But she told him the pool was dirty and she had to take a shower and to go play outside. Okay. So she took a shower, got dressed did some laundry, and then she saw AJ, AJ under the tree. And she asked AJ what Amanda was doing, and he said, playing in the pool. And Amanda told AJ to tell Adriana to come inside. And the next thing she knew, she saw AJ standing in the wagon, grabbing at something in the pool. And so she called out to AJ and asked what he was doing. And he said, Adriana was floating upside down in the pool. And that's when she ran outside and discovered Adriana. And by this time, about this time in her story to Sergeant Rayleigh, Adriana was being air flighted to the hospital. So one of the 
uh, first responders came over to tell Amanda about Adriana's condition. And um, at that point, he asked her, the first responder asked her about the bruise on her forehead because they'd all seen it. Right. And um, Amanda said she didn't notice a bruise and didn't know how it got there. So, Sergeant... And Sergeant Rayleigh, he'd only seen Adriana from a distance, and he never saw any of her injuries at that time. Okay. So, at this point, because Adriana was being air-flighted to the hospital, Amanda was going to the hospital with her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, he went back to the scene. He saw a ball, watery, water wings, and this white plastic dishpan in the pool. Okay. Which we had yep. referenced earlier. Yep. Um... And he also saw a broken brown bottle in the little red wagon, which just, is that consequential or is it just like, I mean, like as a kid, you collect shit. I mean, you know what I mean? As a kid, you collect shit, but I have a problem with the broken bottle and I intentionally left it in because in my head and I am older than six and seven, and I still never wear shoes. Right. So in my head, they're kids. They live in a rural community. They're probably not wearing mm-hmm. shoes outside. Allegedly, one or both these children stood in the wagon, and there's a broken bottle in there, and nobody has mentioned they cut their feet. Right, right. They, they cut the feet or, like... Why are they like have a broken bottle if they're so young? They could cut themselves in general, little like mean, in a wagon. So the wagon lived in this wooded area, and AJ played with the wagon in the wooded area. Right. So I can see him collecting things. You know what I sure. mean? Sure. Oh yeah. I yeah. Did, as I did kid, it all the time. Oh, as yeah. a kid, you're like, oh, this is pretty, and you it's put shiny. it in the wagon. It's cool. Looking. So I'm not going to judge. How it got in the wagon? No, yeah, no. I'm questioning. Allegedly, two children stood in the wagon, and in my head, they have no shoes on, which could be totally false, by the way. Of course, but also, like, okay, so this is the, the story, right, that the mother is saying to them. Mm-hmm. Kids, she's showering, doing her thing, laundry, blah. She goes, where the fuck are my kids, eventually, because, you know, she's like, oh, there's my son. Where's so do you my think daughter? they had shoes on? No, of course not. I, again, I'm with you. I never wear shoes. I, unless I'm fucking forced to wear shoes <laughs> to go someplace. I mean, even then I put flip flops on. Yeah. I mean, I wear tennis shoes today, but it's also been raining like since fucking ever. So, but even then I'm like, Ugh, shoes, right? I wear flip flops at dinner mainly because I can take them off while I'm at dinner. Right. And you can kind of slide them off, do a little thing. Yeah, Nobody's yeah, going to know. Yeah. But here's the thing. Like, I mean, so what the story is from the mom that like both the kids stood in the wagon, mm-hmm. and then Adriana was like, and like, and then fell in. AJ stood in the wagon and was trying to get her get. out. Okay. But there was a broken bottle in the wagon. Okay. So, and while he was there, um, Sergeant Rayleigh, he did take pictures of the scene. Thank um, you. Thank you. Okay. Let's fucking go rural fucking medical examiner interim and fucking sergeant and EMTs and everybody else who's taking these photos. Uh, fucking snaps and props to all of y'all because a lot of times this goes the other way. Just because you're rural doesn't mean you're stupid. No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying like a lot of rural communities don't have experience with like, right. you know, right. murder. I or, see what you're saying. You know, or because honestly, 
I don't know if I would have taken these photos thinking it was an accident. They all thought it was an accident. Accidental drowning. And they still took photos. Accidental drowning. Yes. Good job. So at this point, he left the scene. Like, he did everything. He did his thing. And he went back to the sheriff's office. Do his job. And about this time is when the grandparents called to tell them what AJ had said. And um, they brought him on in. And Sergeant Rayleigh is the one who interviewed AJ. Okay. So we got the mom and now AJ. Same day. Got it. And he testified to the same thing, that AJ was alert, he was awake, and he understood the questions he was being asked during his interview. And during the trial, um, shit pothole alert if you're going to watch this trial. I feel like you know what you're getting yourself into if you make that decision. But they do play like an edited three-minute snippet of that interview, which is also on the 2020 shit pothole alert. Um, it's like two separate one and a half minute long of that interview. Um, and then when he's done interviewing AJ, that's when he was informed Adriana had not survived. So then you know what he does? He heads on to the hospital. Sergeant Rayleigh is one hardworking mother truck. This fucking dude is doing his DYJ, my friend. Do your job. Yes. I like this If guy. something happens to me, call Sergeant oh, Michael Rayleigh. You know, that's fucking right. He ain't sitting on his ass. He's like, oh, so the guy can figure it out. No, no, no. He's there. Call Michael Rayleigh. Exactly. I want you to make sure Park Deets is nowhere near me. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck that motherfucking Park Deets and that prosecutor from the last one. And yeah. get Rayleigh on it. hundred percent. So when he's at the hospital, that's when he sees the bruises on Adriana's head, neck, and chest. And you know what he does? He took photos. God dang it. God dang it. You bitch. Of course he did. I am so excited by that. (laughs) You have no idea. Not only that, he wastes no time. He takes Amanda into a training room at the hospital and interviews her. Oh, queen. Oh my God. Yes, queen. Go. And you know what? We're going to listen to it right now. Okay. And, and I'm not going to tell you anything about it because I want to know your opinions when we're done. Okay. Let me make sure my volume is all the way up. Oh, my gosh. I'm so excited. Amanda Elaine Lewis, Protein, Sixth Minister, 1979. Amanda being on the day, Sheriff, and State of Florida. I got to go this way, you would raise your right hand. First thing you've got to give is truth, all truth, and nothing but the truth. Yes. Okay. Um, can you tell me about what all happened today? Um, yes. Well, I got home from work. I work eleven to seven. Um, they were watching cartoons. Um, I told them if they'd let me take a little nap, that we'd get up and get ready and go do their school shopping. Um, they were good. I took my nap. I got up probably around twelve, twelve thirty, one o'clock, somewhere around in there. Um, they wanted to go outside, so I let them go out. Um, they were out there playing. They, you know, came in and out. Um, around close to the incident, they went outside. They were playing in the front yard in the driveway with some of AJ's trucks. And 
I went out and checked on them, and I told them I was supposed to take a shower. And then they could come in, we get them bathed, and then we go do their school shopping. And I went and took my shower, put some towels in the washing machine um, and some in the dryer. And then I walked to the front door, and I couldn't see Andrew, and he was in the trees beside the house climbing in them. And I asked him where Adrienne was at, and he said she was playing at the pool. I said, well, go tell her to come in so we can get ready to go, and we'll go get your school stuff. Um, and then we were going to go to my stepmom's. And he went to go around the house, and I went to the sliding glass door at the back and looked out, and I didn't see her. And when I looked at him, he was over, he was on the wagon, reaching over in the pool, raking at something. And I asked him, what was he doing? And he said that Adriana was upside down in the pool, and she wasn't moving. And that's when I ran out there, and I made him go get Al Michael. And then when he came out, I told him, I said, take AJ in the house and keep him in there. And I was trying to get her out because she was close to the middle of the pool. And when I reached, I leaned over and reached over, and I managed to get her foot, and I pulled her out and got her on the ground. And I tried to do CPR as I was calling 911. And then that's when um, she dispatched the fire department. They got there, and they took over. And then after that, that's when everybody, you know, started getting there. Okay. Um, so what time did you get in today? You said you got off work this morning? In from work yeah. about, it was a little after 8 because we had a meeting this morning. We had one every payday, an in-service. So I got there right at 8, a little after 8 o'clock. Okay. Um, and you went to bed then? I, went, I probably didn't lay down until about 9.30 when I laid down. Okay. And what time did you say you got up? It was around 2 or 30 or 1 o'clock when I got up. So I went to sleep. Okay. Okay. What were they doing when you got up again? They were watching cartoons. Um, did they eat lunch or anything or breakfast or any of that? Or? Um, well, when I got home this morning, Adriana said that she had thrown up, and there was some in her bed. There was a little throw up in her bed, and she threw up one more time, and I asked her, was her stomach hurting? Last night, we had some um, chili cheese hamburger helper, um, and I didn't know if maybe that made her sick. And she said she wasn't feeling good, but, you know, she didn't want anything to eat. Um... But if they got anything when I was asleep, I don't know. Did they eat any lunch then? Did you know of? No, because we were going to stop and get something. Okay. okay. Did you say, now, earlier when uh, we were up there, I thought you told me that they said they wanted to get in the pool? Yeah, first thing this morning, they wanted to get in the pool and go swimming. And I told them to let me take my nap. And then we talk about it. And I asked them, I said, well, do you want to swim in the pool or do you want to go get your school stuff? And they went in there wanting to go get their school stuff. But then when I asked him what she was doing, he said she was cleaning the boats out of the pool so we could go swimming. But Adriana, she, she had ADHD and she was on Folkland. And one minute she could, she could want to go get her school stuff and then next she would want to get in the pool, she would go back and forth what she wanted to do. Okay. Um, you said 
I guess is AJ mm-hmm. had said that she was cleaning the bugs out of the pool. She was trying to get the bugs out of the pool so we could swing them. Okay. That was after you got out of the shower? Mm-hmm. Okay. Was it when you were, did you say you were doing some laundry or something like that? I took the towels out of our bathroom uh-huh. and put them in the washing machine. And then put the ones from the washing machine in the dryer. And then that's when I went out and asked him. Okay. About how long did you say all that, that time period was? Um, usually it takes me maybe two minutes to take a shower. Um, and then I got, I got dressed, so that's probably another five minutes. And then taking, getting the towels up, taking them to the laundry room, switching everything over, probably maybe an hour at the most before I went out and asked him where she was at to get him to come inside. How long did you say that was? The, you uh, folding the clothes and all that? Well, I didn't fold any. Or on the the laundry? Yeah. Everything from when I got out of the shower to when I went out the door, I had to be no more than an hour. It had been that long. Okay. Was when AJ told you she was picking the bugs, that was that right after you got out of the shower? or It was after I got out of the shower, got dressed. Mm -hmm. I mean, was it like five minutes, ten minutes? That's what you had. Um, no, because I had gotten out of the shower, got dressed, got the laundry up, switched everything over from the washer to dryer, and then that's when I went to the front door. Okay, so what, maybe 10 minutes, maybe? Well, all of that took about an hour, so I'm figuring that long. Um, when you went out and bound uh, Adrian, how was she... How was she in the water? She was face down in the water. Was she on top of the water, below the water? Or? She was on top of the water. Because I had leaned over the pool and managed to get her toe and wrap her close enough to where I could pull her out. Could she, uh, could she stand up in that pool? Mm-hmm. Both of them could stand up. On her, the water come up to maybe about right here. And she would walk around the edge. I mean, she was afraid of water. She was afraid of going under the water. Was she scared to get in the pool, though? She'd get in the pool, but she'd stay right around the edge of it. Or either she'd put AJ's little floaties on, and then she would walk out when we were out there. Could she swing them or dog paddle? Not good enough. I mean, she could paddle to keep herself afloat, but she couldn't swim that good. I mean, we were trying to show her how, but she was just, she's always been afraid of the water. Shit, girl. Oh, fuck. Okay, so I'm real quick just going to break that down. First off, this motherfucker has the wherewithal to have her swear, swear in a fucking hospital mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to what she's about to say. So he can then, this is now admissible in court, which I'm hoping that's correct. Lawyer friends, help me here. But that's where my head's at, right? Yes. And granted, she's not under arrest right now. Like, he didn't put her under arrest. No, he didn't no, no, rights. no. He's just merely like, boom, I just want to make sure we're covered. I'm covering my ass. Mm-hmm, I'm covering mm-hmm, everything mm-hmm. right here. So that's really fucking interesting that he kept going over the timeline. Timeline, timeline, timeline. Fucking genius. I mean, oh. I know I made you sit through almost nine minutes, but I good. had to get to that eight, 30, that 38 minute and a half mark where she says... She's afraid of the water. Yeah, at the very fucking end. She's afraid of the, the water. water. And you, you hear her, like, correct herself at first. Yes. She's afraid. 
she's afraid, afraid to get her head mm-hmm. under the mm-hmm. water, mm-hmm. and then it's she's afraid of the water. So here's the thing: why the fuck then would this little girl who's afraid of the water, which multiple the majority of the people around her have said that she's afraid of the water, why the fuck would she go? I'm just gonna like jump in the water real quick while mom's fucking taking a goddamn nap. She wouldn't. She wouldn't. And the fact that she not only couldn't have gotten into said water without a fucking ladder, she would have then had to get on the the wagon with her brother, like, allegedly, happened, and then pop her ass over into the water. So, yeah. Mm, Okay, I'm feeling a sort of way about this. So, um... Don't know if it's that hidden. It it goes on. Mm. Um, so, Sergeant Rayleigh, my hero... Um, he goes on to ask her how she thinks Adriana got in the water. So here, here we go. She said that she stood in the wagon, leaned over the edge of the pool. And, um, even though the red wagon is normally in the woods and Adriana never got in the pool without permission and is not allowed to play in the pool by herself. And they normally have the cover on it. But they got in the pool oh, several times over the past week. She pulled that wagon over. She leaned over the edge of the pool and she fell in. Okay. Um, so the crime scene techs, we got crime scene techs in Esto, Florida, y'all. Hell yeah. They did find blood on the side of the pool. Hmm. Whose um, blood? Adriana's. Okay. So um, Sergeant Rayleigh said there were no toys in the kids' room, and the room smelled of urine so bad it was hard to breathe. Oh, God. Um, next, we have Adriana's teacher. She said that Amanda did seem like a concerned parent and that Adriana was a bright student, um, and she never detected any signs of abuse. And, but Adriana had told other students that she was afraid of the water. Okay. 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 Ready for this? Amanda testified at her own trial. Okay, good. I'm glad they did this because not every time do they do that because a lot of times they self-incriminate hardcore. Tell me. (sighs) Tell me. It's like gold. Was it amazing watching it? Were you like, yes. Do you think there were tears? I'm hoping there were tears. I'm sure they were fake. There was a sad face. No tears. Oh. Um, She said that... um, when she saw AJ standing in the wagon leaning over the pool, that water was not coming over the side. He was not wet, he d- and he did not have to change his clothes. Okay. Um, she had to stand beside the pool and reach in and grab Adriana's foot. And when she did that, the pool did not collapse when she got Adriana out. Okay. Um, when she got Adriana out of the pool, she, um, did try to do CPR and there was water coming out of her mouth. Um, she did have, she had taken Adriana to a behavioral center where she stayed for six days. And Amanda claims that at some point Adriana had threatened AJ with a knife as part of like her behavioral problems. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, and she said that when Adrienne would have an accident, she would change her clothes, take her to the bathroom, and make her sit on the toilet. Yet again, I don't agree with that. 
I, I, I don't feel like you should punish a child for having an accident, but, um, she said that Adriana did not like her head under the water, um, but AJ could swim under the water, um, and that the kids wouldn't clean their room, so that's when she threw the broken toys away, and she gave the other toys away to, like, a charity. So now we have story number three as to what happened to all the toys. Oh, God. Whatever. Um, so... And when she told her co-workers she was going to kill Adriana, it was because she took a permanent marker to the inside of her car, and she wrote the word loser. <laughs> and that she had spanked Amanda for it. Shocking. Right. Um... Amanda claims that water did flow out of the pool when she reached in to get Adriana. It just didn't collapse. Um, she claims she checked on the kids once, but her statement says she asked AJ where Adriana was, and AJ said Adriana was getting bugs out of the pool. Right. Um, in court, she said she didn't leave the house. She just opened the front door. So she's like semantics, right? Situation. Right. Yeah. Like, girl, we're not. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about whatever. So, um, and when AJ said Adriana was cleaning bugs out of the pool, Amanda tells him to go tell Adriana to come inside. Okay. But in her recorded statement, AJ never. She never said AJ said she was getting bugs out of the pool. She was playing in the pool. Got it. You want to play the semantics game. Right. Let's play it. Let's dance. <sighs> exactly. So while, oh, God, what is her boyfriend? Alan claims he was on the phone with Amanda at some point. Amanda claims she was not on the phone when AJ told her Adriana was in the pool and that Alan was mistaken. Okay. <sighs> and she actually... You know, she had the front door open, where's Amanda, or where's Adriana, and so she actually had to go back in the house and get the phone, and that's when she called Alan, and then she went to the back door and looked out the window and saw AJ trying to get Adriana out of the pool, and that Alan heard AJ screaming from the backyard on the phone because the sliding door was open. Is this like, I'm sorry, I just pictured the fucking scene. In um, Ace Ventura, Pet Detective, when he's doing like that, like like sliding glass door test, and he's like screaming, he's yes. like, ah. yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry. it's just it, it's crazy. It's my fucking head wins, you know. And so Amanda testifies that Adriana was wanting to learn how to swim and was afraid to put her hand head under the water, but not on the water. Um, and that morning. Amanda did not give Adriana her medication. Okay. Okay. I'm going to go back real quick. I, I forgot to mention this after like that testimony or the, the sergeant doing his job in the hospital with um, Amanda. Her children are just not fed. I'm, I'm just going to like, I'm sorry. I don't have kids in that. Like if I got home, my head's thinking, oh shit, did y'all eat? It's breakfast time. I'll make you... Fuck. God, put a so, fucking cereal bowl out there, for so God's sake. Something. Even right? if Amanda wasn't feeling well, why didn't you feed AJ? Right, right. Right. Exactly. And if she's not feeling well, I'll be like, oh my God, honey, here's some broth. Not fucking, like, cheesy hamburger helper, which is super heavy, right? Like, that's what they had the night before, and that's what she 
thought made oh. Adriana sick. Oh, of God. course hamburger girls are made us thick. It's going to make anyone sick. Honey, it can help, but it ain't going to help for the long term. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So You rent that shit. <laughs> so Amanda says the ball, the water, and the water wings had been in the pool from the last time they went swimming. And, um, which I, I probably is the case, but considering the fact that there's like a huge amount of neglect with the child's room, yeah, let alone yeah. the fucking pool. And so, um, she also says that Alan had been in the pool with everyone, even though he testified otherwise, and he just didn't remember. But guess what? Remember how she was on the phone with Alan mm. when she ran to get Amanda out of the pool? Yes. Alan was the one that had to tell her to call 911. Okay. And Adriana, she loved to read, but there were no books inside the home. And Amanda said she did have two books, but they were torn, so she threw them away. Oh, God. Okay. So, Mm. Jesse, I have a question. Yes. Let's say hypothetically, you know my pod family. You know my pod kids. Right. We have a pool in my backyard. You're at my house um, to record. My kids are swimming in the backyard. At the ages they are now. They're not even six and seven. Right. Current ages. Current current ages. Um, I'm inside because I'm grabbing us more drinks. You see that one of the pod children are drowning. Oh, my God. What do you do? I would, first of all, try to run out there and get them out of the fucking pool. Would you? And call the cops. Would you grab at their leg or would you jump in? I would jump the fuck in. Thank you. You didn't even birth those children. No. I have a problem with that, and Pod Hubby has a problem with that. Yeah. No, I mean, because, like, I actually, funnily enough, did have a situation like this happen to me back at an apartment I was living in. I was reading a book by the pool, minding my own business. It was Harry Potter at the time, by the way, which, I mean, amazing. And I was reading, and I was not paying attention. All of a sudden, I hear some screaming, and I was like, what the fuck? And... The parents who had brought their children to the pool weren't paying attention. Baby girl was similar situation upside down in the pool. And I was like, oh shit. And I'm like sitting there like frozen. Cause I'm like, what the fuck do I do? Luckily the parents were taking care of it. Thank God. But it was very much like a, oh shit. Like I need to get up in this pool. Like I need, right. And moral of the story is watch your kids. But secondly, thank God that little girl, she did survive. Yeah. She started breathing on the scene. And then obviously the EMTs took her cause you know, yeah. dry yeah, yeah. but still I was just like, so here's a couple of things concerned and it wasn't my child. You know, here's a couple of things I have a problem with. She didn't get in the pool. Like you would jump in the pool to save my kids as a mom. I would jump, I would have, I would have spider monkeyed into that fucking pool. Oh, yeah. I'd be like, spider monkeyed in the fucking pool to get to my cat. 100%. Thrown her out the edge of the pool. Like, thrown her. Right. And then hopped out. I mean, your adrenaline's up so high, you'd probably fucking Um, injure your ass, like, flips and shit. Then, (laughs) up in it. One, that's what I would have done. Yeah. And I'm terrible in emergency situations. Ask the pot heavy. Like, there have been emergencies with my children, and he's like, what the fuck is wrong with you? And you're like, I'm spiraling right now. I'm really upset. <laughs> I'm terrible at emergencies. Okay. Um, another issue I have is that statement at the hospital. It's like they're having drinks over tacos. 
Right. It's not like a, like, and I know we always discuss everyone grieves differently. It's true. Blah, 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 blah. Right. You can't tell me you weren't thinking the same thing. Yeah, no, it was very flat. There was no like emotion, especially just being at the hospital and your daughter is either being worked on or has been worked on. No, and she was she dead. Was she dead at the time? Yes. Oh yeah, no. I mean, I would feel like at that point you'd be so distraught you may not be able to answer questions. You know, you might just be, not be in the right headspace. Your timeline might completely be completely off because you're like, I, I'm so sorry. Like, I am just so fucked in the head right now like, because my daughter just. Died. I wouldn't even even have given that interview. Like right, I would have right. said, I'm sorry, I can't. Do now this is right not now. the fucking yeah. time. So let's discuss this um, dish pan. So let me tell you the story behind that. They kept it next to the ladder because they would rinse the grass and dirt off their feet before they got in the pool. Okay. And they found it floating in the pool. Um. Like, I guess the kids are playing with it or something? So, they're saying that Adriana climbed into the wagon with this pan and was scooping the bugs out of the pool, and she fell in and accidentally drowned. That is Amanda's version of what happened. The other version is Amanda intentionally drowned her daughter in the pool. Right. There's really only two ways this could happen. So, that's where we're at. Okay. Um... She was offered a plea deal. Girl, fucking take that plea. Always. Here's your lesson from me to you, everybody. Take the fucking plea. Our justice system is not fucking fair. I don't know if you've been paying attention to the news lately. It's not fair. Take the plea. All day. So, now, Amanda did have a public defender, by the way. Um, He didn't ask a lot of questions after the prosecution. Um... And she was offered this plea. She did not take the plea deal because she was not going to plead guilty to something she did not do. Oh, God dang it, people. Stop with this. Stop with this. Do an Alfred plea. Do a fucking Alfred plea, motherfuckers. Listen to the words that are coming out of my face hole. And here's why. You don't want to be in the jail for very long. You don't want to pay a bunch of fucking court bills for the rest of your God dang life trying to prove your innocence, even if you are innocent, because there are plenty of motherfuckers up in jail right now and have been executed in our own state. Who were legit not guilty. Am so, I wrong? You're not wrong. You want to know how long the jury deliberated? Mm. Do you want including lunch or not including lunch? Including lunch. Two hours. <laughs> They're thinking what I'm thinking. Let's see. Go ahead. What they say back with. So she had two charges. There was first degree felony murder. Ooh, that's a tough one to prove. And aggravated child abuse. That one, I believe. Why did they go for first and not second? So, like, intent is really hard to fucking, like, establish. Let's start with, um... Or manslaughter, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's all these other... Florida. Let's start with child abuse. (laughs) That I I would absolutely convict her on. Guilty. Yeah, thank you. First degree felony murder? Not guilty. Guilty. Oh, shit. Okay. Oh, shit. Two hours, including lunch. Damn. Was it a holiday weekend? They're like, we got to get the fuck out of here. Like, I got shit to do. I got an alligator to beat my husband with. Can we please just get on with this? No, it was like August or September or something like that. Okay. (laughs) Um, So, um, sentencing. So, at sentencing, the defense, and this was not the first time the defense did this, 
they contested that AJ was not competent to testify. And yet again, the judge said he was competent to testify. And, and they brought up that AJ couldn't even point his mother out in the courtroom. And the judge said, um, when he said, you know, he is competent to stand in trial, he said, when that happened, AJ was not looking around the courtroom. Mm. So he did not see her until Mr. Whatever the prosecutor's name is pointed to her. And then he looked at her and he was like, Oh mom. Yes. Okay. Got it. So, um, that was the defense's whole thing was, um, you base this on AJ's testimony. He's not competent enough to stay in trial because he kept changing his story. Okay. I've spoken on my opinion about that. Not right. Do it again. Right. So Amanda herself did not address the court at her sentencing. Um, her attorney did it for her. And um, he said she just wants the court to know she is not guilty and she did not do it. So there were two sentences in the state of Florida she could have. Um uh, death she, sentence, right? I I was trying to think of what it was really called, but death penalty, death penalty. Yep. Or life in prison. The judge gave her life in prison. Yeah, that's fair. And then 20 years for child abuse to be served concurrently. Right. So she's dying in prison. In other words. Yes. So, um, do you need me to tell you what concurrent sentences mean? It means like, I'll tell you. I, I knew, I knew you would, we'd need to cover this. Yeah, no, I totally. Like, it so it refers to the type of sentence judges are able to give defendants convicted more than one crime. Instead of serving each sentence one after another, a concurrent sentence allows the defendant to serve all their sentences at the same time, where the uh, longest period of time is controlling. Got it, got it, got it. So in other words, the 20 years is baked into the life sentence. Right. Got if it. she had gotten like... 40 years and 20 years, basically it would have been 40 years. Right, not 60. Right. Oh, got it. Okay. Makes sense. But then they would have probably done it consecutively. Yeah. So, um, the only time I personally saw her cry, like, I saw her look down, I saw her look sad, I saw, you know. Emotions of any kind. But the only time I saw her cry was at her sentencing. Now, AJ has been adopted. My oh, other family. Okay. I don't know where he is. I did not look it up. Like when I typed names in Google and things, there were things that popped up that said, where is AJ now? How is AJ doing? I did not look up any of those things. Right. He was a child when this happened. He has to live with it for the rest of his life. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to know where he is. I don't want people finding him. Um, hopefully he has gotten the therapy that he needs and he has moved on with his life. Seriously. So, AJ, and all the children and all the family in this case, that's what really fucking matters. Mm-hmm. So in the 2020 special, Amanda says, because they interviewed her in prison. Nice. Because, you know, Florida lets oh, you. Lets, oh, Florida, Florida's like, you want to interview our prisoners? Come on in. That's, Set up. Okay, live yep. camera action. Oh, we, we, have have our, we have our own backdrop. Yeah, we have our own whole freaking, like, recording studio. Yeah. Thank God it's a sunshine state, baby. She got better. I don't know who's doing her eyebrows in prison, but I need her to hook me up. Um, I'm telling you. It's like Susan Smith. Look, she's aging backwards in prison. Good God, lady. So she said that she was fighting to get out to get her son back and reunite with AJ. 
um, because she's innocent, so she's trying to fight to, you know, get out or whatever. So then she was told on the 2020 special, because she did not know. Oh, my God. He had been adopted. Who? Okay. Who is doing this? Tell me it's Barbara Walters. No. Diane Sawyer. No, no. I don't know who it was. Quinones. I don't know. I don't know. Okay. I, it's, it's been a long couple of days, okay? No, you're fine. You're fine. I've been immersed. You've been in it. <laughs> I've been inside this trial, everybody. And she was shocked, and she didn't know, and then she was like, I, I don't know what I'm fighting for now. Oh, honey. That's upsetting. Wow. And that's the story of Amanda Lewis, Adriana, and AJ Lato. I'm going to well done, ma'am. That was fucking thorough as shit. That's my special episode. Special edition episode for y'all. Oh my God, hon. That was insane. I'm okay. So I know you, you are in the opinion that you're not really sure. I am. I, okay. So here's my opinion of, there's definitely child neglect. That for sure. I think there was abuse. For sure. I think there was neglect. Yeah. But the murder, I think that if it did happen, that it was a, I guess you can call it a crime of passion. I don't think there was intent there. I don't think it was like, I'm going to kill this bitch. It was more like, I'm upset at this very moment. I'm going to do this thing. And oh shit, it went too far. So I, I actually have not had a hot second to actually sit down and think about it. I've had parts where I've talked to my husband about it and been like, I don't know. I just don't know. Listen to this. Listen to that. I just don't know. I just don't know. I just don't know. And then I move on with the videos and the notes and the blah, 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 you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So reading through this and like taking a hot minute to like process all of it, here's what I think happened. I think she found out Adriana was scooping the bugs. I think Adriana, I think Adriana was terrified of water. Yes. 100%. Agreed. I think her mother told her to scoop the bugs out of the pool. I think that she did it because she was more terrified of her mother. Because I think that one of the reasons why she was terrified of water is because one of her punishments was actually to be pushed under the water. Mm, That's a possibility. I think that... um, she was scooping the bugs out of the water. She probably got all wet. And they were supposed to go to the store. It upset Amanda. And she did the donkey thing. Mm. And she held her under too long. Yeah. And I think she completely did it by holding the front of her face instead of the back of her head, which is why AJ was so consistent. With the front of the face and why there were bruises on the front of her face with her lines on her forehead and the bruise on her cheek. Because if you hold your face like this, mm-hmm. you'll have lines on your head and a bruise on your cheek. Yeah. Especially if you're, like, holding someone down. You're, it's like a you can grip, yeah. essentially. Especially wow. if you're an adult and you have a kid face. Yeah. That's a fucking solid theory, dude. That's a fucking absolutely. That's probably exactly what happened. And there. then it went too far, and that's why you see her going, oh, shit. I'm going to do CPR on her. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, fuck, oh, fuck, oh, fuck. Because she never jumped in the pool. I don't... I'm bad with emergencies, and I 
No, 100%, I would have jumped in the pool. Right. It's your daughter. It's your kid. I mean, there's so many people. I mean, there's a Facebook page for her innocence. Like, people are going to come after me. I know I just made a whole bunch of people mad. But it's, I don't think she intentionally did it. Right, right. I, I agree. I don't think there was intent there. I think that it was, I think it's one of those situations where not everyone's cut out to be a parent. Period. I, I really do. I think that she was not cut out to be a parent. She's put in this situation. She knowingly had children. And when you have kids, they're your fucking responsibility, man. Like, it is what it is. I think when it came to the jury, the other baby death probably played a part in her guilt verdict. Did they allow that in the court, though? Was that known in court? Okay, because, like, that's the thing is, like, most times what they'll do is they only allow that specific moment. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you can't, like, look back or yeah, or I, Yeah, I don't know. Okay. I think that the jury was spot on with the neglect. I don't – I wouldn't have voted for uh, first degree, personally. I think – I wouldn't have. Emmy's testimony probably paid a big part oh, in that. Well, a thousand percent, as it should. Honestly, like, I feel like medical professionals should – should, for the most part, have a little bit more of, like, uh, a weight to their testimony. Because, like, as we all know, eyewitnesses can be off. You know, people hear say all that bullshit. You know, your perspective is your reality versus science, fact, here's what happened. I I mean. Right? Every single first responder, doctor, nurse, everybody said I saw the bruises. The bruises were there. The bruises were there. The bruises were there. They were, they started light in color, then they got worse. They got worse as the day went on. Mm-hmm. But then Alan says when he saw her at six o'clock in the morning, she didn't have any bruises. Well, Alan's at work all day. How the fuck is he supposed to know those things, Amanda? He saw her at 6 a.m. because she was awake when he went to work. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And her mother says she didn't have those bruises when she was asked right when she got airlifted. Right. I didn't see her with those bruises. I don't know how they got there. But the motherfucking like aunties, but the first, first responders, the first, everybody saw that. The first firefighter on the scene saw the bruises. The second one, the third one, the fourth one, the fifth one, the sixth one, all the way down the line. Right, everybody's seeing this thing, and it's like, how the fuck are you not seeing this thing? Unless you are blocking it out, or you're lying. And then you have the medical examiner that says, these bruises are consistent with a struggle. Right. Wow. That's a fucking, that's a crazy case, man. That's crazy. Don't add us, please. (laughs) No, I I know. This is the world in which we're living. Oh, actually, actually, you guys. We're going to put up a poll tomorrow on what you think. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, let us know what you think. Like, comment and all that stuff because that will give us a better read on, you know, I don't know. I don't know. This is a tough one. I mean, I honestly did not know what I thought until I just told this story and processed all the information because I've just been on, like, overdrive getting through this story. And no sleep. (laughs) And no sleep. That's who. So, I 
mean, no, because I I it can go either way. There's a lot of people in camp innocent, but obviously there were 12 jurors in camp guilty. Yeah. Because they did pull the jury, and I watched the video of the jury pull. Guilty, 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 guilty. Right. And for it to be like two hours plus a lunch break up in there, that was not... They were like, yeah, we're done here. They were like, you know Bye. <laughs> so they went around the room, and they were like... Okay, let's see what everybody thinks. And everybody was, like, guilty. And they were like, y'all, we want free lunch out of this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hold on one second. I just got to, like, get my sandwich and, like, make sure I have. I mean, we've been stuck here for, like, three weeks. Yeah. So the least we can do is get a Sammy up in here. Seriously. So, anybody have kids? Right. You? Oh, you and Meemaw? Okay, you and Meemaw. How old are your grandkids? Right. Exactly right. And then they had so a whole conversation they just, about They just else. shot the shit until they could get their semis. God. That's probably shit. You know? That's crazy, girl. Good job. Thank you. <laughs> you did it. That's, Do you feel better? Do you feel like a, like a weight? <laughs> no, because I'm so terrified of Betty Broderick number two. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Troll too. We're gonna get some haters. Uh, you know what? I mean, I just tried to tell the facts as they were. Yeah, no, you did a good job. You did. I mean, yes, I mean, but we're fucking podcasters, man. We don't fucking make laws or any shit like that. We're I, not on a jury. I wasn't on the jury. I mean, honestly, if I was on that jury, I don't know what I would have done. No, I know. And it's again, it's all speculation. You I know mean what I'm saying like we're saying, oh, I would have done we no, don't know. I honestly don't know what I would have done if I was on the jury. Me either. Like, some cases you read or the trials or whatever, and you're like, 100%, if I was on that jury, I'd be like, guilty. Yeah. But this time, I don't know what I would have done. Right. And plus, the other thing is, is like, um, you're only given the perspective that's given to you by the prosecution. So do they have the full story? Sometimes they don't. And sometimes you convict an innocent person. Because you don't have a full story, and you're I given mean, a specific narrative. And, and she, like, her story was, for the most part, consistent. There was a little inconsistency, but what got me was that her recorded statement at the hospital. Yeah, that was pretty rough. That was, yeah. that's what got me, where I was like, mm, mm, ooh, ooh. Because that was, like, at the end, like, I, so... Sergeant Rap Michael, I can't remember them. Michael, his video was like almost two hours long. So I was at the end, it was late one day, so I had to save it for a different day. And then I think I watched that one yesterday, maybe. And so I had watched almost everything. And then I'm watching his video and I'm listening to it and I'm like, Oh, oh, I got you. I got you now. Because, you know, I was like, I'm like, I don't know. I don't know how I feel. And then when I heard her say in that statement, yeah, she was afraid of water. Right. I was like, and that's it. You finally slipped up. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you knew. Then, yeah, exactly. Oh, that was a, that was a trip, man. I told you shit, Paul, from the beginning and yeah. yes, please let us know y'all's opinion on the poll, comment us, add us, let us know what you think. If you're in the innocent pool, tell us why. Actually, I'm curious, like based on what you've heard and what you yourself know, what are we missing? So we've been, I, we have written some of our 
moms from our podcast. Mm-hmm. We have in their prison cells. And I had, you know, I said I found her, Amanda's innocent Facebook page. Mm-hmm. And the first thing on the page was her address. Oh, perfect. So we're going to write her. Yes, because I've been having um, a hard time finding how to write some of these lovely women because you do need their um, prison number. Their prisoner number? Like Mm -hmm. their actual... Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so... Or their Department of Corrections number, whatever you want to call it. And um, some of them it's hard to find because they're pretty prominent. Right. So We've covered some prominent ones. Right, yeah. So, um, but her, I was like... Innocent Facebook page. Let me check this out. And I click on it, and I'm like, oh, I'm going to copy and paste this. (laughs) Jackpot. So thank you, Facebook page of Innocent Amanda Lewis. Yeah. I think think she wants. I think she'll write back. I feel like like the ones that will write back are the ones that feel like they're innocent. Right? I feel like a prison guard ratted me out to um, Tina Marie that we called her a cunt. You think? Yeah, because, you know, we wrote her back, and she hasn't written us back. Either that or she's on lockdown. She could be on lockdown. COVID is still happening. I bet there's an easy way to find that. I should Google, is the blank prison in Texas on lockdown? Yeah, you can find out. Mm -hmm. We'll see. I'll do a little researchy research on that since I'm done with this. This is like the mammoth that is (laughs) Amanda Lewis. (laughs) Don't do someone that big when you go on vacation. <laughs> right, right for vacation. Wait until you come back. No taken. <laughs> I did it when I came back, and I only had like four days. Oh gosh, girl. Uh, I don't know how you did it. But kudos. No sleep. Cheers, mom. Woo-hoo. You ready to get lifted up? Kinda. Yes, please. So my star mom is a star mom because I think she's a fucking badass. However, I'm also going to do trigger warning because. It's not a happy story. Balls to the wall. I'm sorry. It's a it's a total shit show episode. But like, um, but caveat is like she's a fucking badass. If by the way, I also want to say trigger warning and also shit pothole. And also, if I cry, it's not because just just know it's because like I feel very deeply about this story, and I'm like. I don't make it weird. Please don't cry. I'm not going to emotions. I know. I know. Emotions are, are the okay. devil or the demon. Hold on. I want to say, if this is the first episode you're listening to, they're not all like this. No. No. I mean, we have fun and everything, but they're all a little bit. This is our special edition 10th episode, so I feel like it's right. like the hundreds. It's like, And episode 11, I already know what star my mom I'm going to do, so Tune in for that one. She's going to be fun. I'm excited. I can't wait. So, yeah, just give us more than one try. Yeah, exactly. So, But thank you for listening. We um, love you. Me too. Uh, even if it's a hate listen. <laughs> I still listen, you know. Um, Don't hate us. We're great. <laughs> so I am going to do Maricela Escobedo Ortiz. She is a Mexican-born badass okay and i'm gonna start with um a quote by her and well first let me just name my sources there's an incredible netflix documentary called the three deaths of marcelo's um a 2010 san diego union tribune article university of san diego um like page 
Houston Chronicle, Texas Tribune, LA Times, Statistista, great website, and then another website that I'm going to link, and I'll tell you about that at the end. Okay. So a, lot, a lot of information in there. But mainly the Netflix documentary, and actually another um, podcast covered her, and I was like, what is, who is this woman? And then I watched the documentary, and I was like in tears. I did cry in it, and I was like, oh, my God, this person needs to be talked about, and we need to say her name. 1,000% say her fucking name. So this is a quote by Maricela. I am no longer afraid of death, which is the worst thing that can happen to me. I face the authorities. I face the governor. I face anyone and everyone I've come across. I will never rest until she obtains justice. So that right there. You want to talk about a mom diving into a fucking pool. This bitch would be like dr- like drinking the water <laughs> to She's save like, her child. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. She's, so you know, the opposite. Uh, complete opposite. I'm just saying. <laughs> yep. Yes. So Maricela um, and her husband um, lived in Juarez. And so for those of you guys who don't know, the Texas-Mexico uh, border is extremely dangerous. It's not a place you want to go to all the time, especially the cities near it. It's not dangerous all the time. But basically, the reason why it's so dangerous is because... The governor's building wall? Well, our, uh, yeah, our governor is, you know, deciding to build a oh, wall sorry. of no use, but whatever. We just talked about this. Sorry. No, no, you're fine. You're good. So, but... Uh, the reason why it's so dangerous is, like, legit, legitimately logistics. The cartel. The cartel. It's because, like, why the fuck would you ship your drugs from a thousand miles inland in Mexico instead of just having them ready at the border to go? So where the fuck do you think cartel people are going to be? Uh, let me guess, at the fucking border, patrolling the border, doing their job to make sure the drugs get across the border. And do not get... Um Caught. They're yes. They're greasing wheels. They're That's talking not to the, what I was thinking. Yeah. Not good. keep going. Yeah. No. I mean, like intercepted by yeah. border patrol. Exactly right. All I can think about is the movie Weeds and the White Lady and her drinking her iced coffees when she's going back across from the border. I need to watch that show. You've never watched Weeds. I have not watched Weeds. It sounds. <gasps> it looks really Jesus. fucking good. It's I know. Amazing. It's time. It's time. <laughs> <laughs> so that's like if you just told me you never watched Dexter. I'm dead. No, I've watched Dexter, but let's no, be I real. No, I know you have, but like after season four, it's a hot shit show. It's a terrible show after that. Yes, but like you telling me you've never watched Weeds, I have the same feels as if you had just said that. I'll watch it. I'll put it on my queue. Is it even still on Netflix? I have no idea where it's at right now. I'll find it. I'll figure it out. When it becomes available again, I'll watch it. The youngest pod son would tell you YouTube. That's true. That kid can find anything on YouTube. Yeah, but it's also like sometimes it's all distorted and shit. It looks weird. I don't know. That kid can find anything on YouTube. I'm going to task him with that if I can't find it. Okay. (laughs) He'll do it. I believe it. Um, So Maricela and her family are living in Juarez. Okay. And I'm also going to caveat this by saying there would be no supply... With no demand. Thank you. Just saying. Just saying. Just saying. Moving on. So, um, Monticella has uh, five children, a large family, um, in order of age. It's Juan, Alejandro, Jessica, 
I know that because that's how they say my name. It's adorable. Um, I love it. I love it. I love that she named her daughter a name that the J it's actually with a J and not the, like the two L's. Anyway, it's, it's beautiful. Um, Pablo and Ruby. Okay. So five kids, right. In that order. Um, and the, the oldest brother won, his full name is Juan Manuel Freire. Ooh, fuck that one up. F-R-A-I-R-E. Freire? Escobedo? You're pod hubby, but I not listen to this. I know, pod hub would be like, what are you saying, lady? Let's um, see it. I'll tell you how to say it. F-R-A-I-R-E. Freire. Freire. I'm doing like an Italian accent with that. I'm sorry. Freire. 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 <laughs> God damn it. It's like we don't even live in Texas. Juan. His name is Juan. What do we live in? New York? (laughs) New York City. Get the rope. (laughs) You remember that? Yep. God dang it, that commercial. Um, Anywho. So Ruby was the youngest. She was born in 1982. Um, They're an extremely close family. There's five of them. You know, they're a good family taking care of each other. Um, the older kids taking care of the younger ones while mom was worked as a nurse. Speaking of nurses, hello. She was a nurse assistant. Amanda was not a nurse. No. She could have done CPR if she was a nurse. <laughs> Valid. Oh, um, Lord, people are going to come at me. <laughs> <laughs> I've been drinking. <laughs> is that our excuse? Oh, you haven't been, you haven't been working all day? Oh, I've been at work. There it is. <laughs> That's going to be my excuse from now on if I'm like, I've been working. What? <laughs> So um, Alejandro was the second oldest boy, and he took Ruby with him everywhere, okay? So, but because Aww. it's really cute. Like, the reason why is because both their parents worked, so he was like, you know, i got to take care of the baby, the kid. Um, they were at they work. They were literally at work. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's so funny how this, this story is actually paralleling yours, but in a completely... And we don't even know what the other one's doing. No. Ever. No, like we purposely don't tell each other so we can kind of like learn as we go, right? Bite us in the ass one day, <laughs> right? I know. Um, so Ruby was a happy kid, all normal, checking normal boxes, um, and their parents even went into business and opened a wood shop and furniture store. It was pretty successful. So we're talking, you know, working as a nurse, husband's doing another job, which I could not find out. I don't know his name either. It was hard to find. Um, and then they're like, I'm going to take on more responsibility and open up our own business. I mean, they're like doing the thing. They're fucking doing the thing. Um, in 2005, when Ruby was 13 um, and with her family at the shop, this guy walks in who's 21 years old. His name is Sergio Rafael Barraza. If you tell me Sergio goes after Ruby, I'm going to kill him myself. You need another drink. But you're going to need MD another drink. And I. Should I go downstairs? <laughs> I'm, I'm just going to say gear up. Don't read ahead. Don't read ahead. I'm not reading ahead. I'm reading ahead. You think I can see that far? If you think I can see that far and read, have you not seen how big the font is on my computer? <laughs> Are you doing the big font on your phone now too? Like a boomer? No. Look, mm. the font on my phone is not that big because I know you do not believe me. Those are my texts. Okay, that's normal. That's a normal font. Okay. Thank you. I'm on, I'm on a boomer watch for you. I'm just going to be like glancing like, eh, looking at your fonts from now on. No, I'm just blind. There's a difference. I've always been blind. <laughs> so Sergio Rafael walks in, a family sees him, and he goes, hey, I'm looking for work. 
And at the time, the guys, the family's like, hey, we don't, we're not hiring, but I'll tell you what. Um, Serge is like, hey, I've got a wife and kid. I just need something. I'm like, cool, it's fine. Work for the day. We'll pay you for the day. And then you get the fuck out, essentially. Like, we, we can't employ you, but we'll give you enough money to have money for food. Which is extremely nice. That's a very kind thing to do with some rando. Right? Mm-hmm. Yes. So, um... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sergio decided to start dating Ruby. Didn't you just say he had a wife and a kid? Glossing. You know, I mean, inconsequential to Sergio. Did he really have a wife and a kid, or was that just a story? Not clear. But based on the pattern of behavior, it's potential. That's exactly what the fuck is going on here. You'll see. You'll see. Okay. Yeah. But if you stay, say what you're going to say. No, because people really will come for me. So keep going. Okay. So this motherfucking 21 year old man is dating a child who's 13 years old. Mm -hmm. Pedophile. Mm -hmm. I would have jumped in that pool. 100%. And saved her. For sure. Mm -hmm. So, um, mom is like, the fuck you are. Yeah. She went straight to a lawyer and she said, I need to figure out how to get my daughter to sign an affidavit to say that like this person needs to get out of our lives. Oh, she went to a lawyer. Oh, Oh. now granted this is Mexico. Okay. So there's a lot of different laws than what we have. So I'm also going to caveat saying that because there's a few things in here. I was like, what the fuck? And it was a totally different law situation. I would have just stabbed him in the artery. <laughs> Found a way. So I'm like, lawyer, I would have stabbed that motherfucker in an artery. <laughs> Skip ahead to. I'm like, and then to. I'll find an attorney to get me the fuck off. And it's not going to be Amanda Lewis's defense attorney. No, that's when you take the plea and like, yeah, sure. I'll do 25, whatever. Worth it. Worth it. All of it. Bye. Mm-hmm. I'm going to stab the biggest, baddest bitch when I get there. Go to solitary. I'll be fine. Exactly. So, um, she knew, her mother knew though, that Ruby wasn't going to sign it because, okay, you're a teenager, like, oh I love God. him. Sign it for her. <laughs> Jesus. I've solved all these problems, but go. <laughs> so this is the thing. So Maricela, the mom, she's basically like, look, I don't want to drive a wedge between myself and my daughter because I definitely want her to be in my life. And in my head, I'm also thinking Maricela's like, I also want to keep an eye on the situation. As much as I can without being, like, up in it because then it's going to turn my daughter off because I also know she's a teenage girl. She's thinking, this is the love of my life. I'm going to live forever with this person. I'm going to make a, a, a family with this person. I'm going to blah, right? As a teenager, you do all this, these things in your head thinking, mm-hmm. this is my one and only true love. Mm-hmm. We all know mm-hmm. that's not reality. Mm-hmm. But she's 13, Right. Right, but it's not a 14-year-old boy. No. Yeah. So you stabbed that motherfucker, (laughs) that pedophile. No, not that motherfucker. That pedophile in his fucking artery. Yep. Or you poison him. So here was the compromise that they came up with. The compromising now. Yes. Monticello's like, look, I'm already upset. Ruby knows I'm upset. She's not talking to me. The kids, her her children, Alejandro, Juan, all the other kids, you need to keep in contact with Ruby for me to just check in on her and make sure she's okay. And so that's what they did. Because Uh the daughter, Ruby, moved out of the house and moved in with Sergio. She did fucking what? Sergio, yes. And here's why. So... Sergio is manipulative. Where's his wife? 
Where's his kid? No idea. They moved in together, and Ruby was required to stay isolated and required to stay in the apartment. Many times she would come over to her mom's house and just eat all her meals there and then go back because she was not allowed to go outside for food or like they were very poor. I mean, like I could just keep going. Basically he is an abuser straight up and down in every sense of the word. He's a manipulative motherfucker pedophile. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Sure. So Alejandro, the second oldest son tried to be his friend just to like, you know, look, man, we're going to have to make this work because I love my sister. I don't give a shit about you, but I love my sister. Mm-hmm. When Ruby was 15 in 2007, she got pregnant. Oh, Jesus. With a daughter, and the daughter's name is really cute. Heidi Barraza Freire. Again, I'm sorry for butchering that last name. Um, that's the last time I'm going to mention that name, too, because I truly am with you. I think that this person needs to have her life. Um, and so Ruby quickly realized, holy shit, I need my mom and, and started to hang out with mom again. And Maricela's like, oh, thank God. You know, like, yes, yes, please, please, please. But now she has a baby. Yes. Um, and mom's like, I'm going to be here for you. I'm going to help support you. Whatever the fuck you need. Like mom's like straight up. I'm here. I'm being a mom. Right. Um, oh, now we decide we don't want to be a mom. No, it's not like she wasn't before. It was more like, look, I, this is a tenuous situation. And last thing I want to do is lose my daughter over some stupid asshole. Right. Mm-hmm. So they even helped Sergio out. I mean, they get, again, meals, the money, all this stuff. They're trying to make it work. Right. They're like, fine, Ruby, you love this guy, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, they even gave a place to stay for them. It was like a little like building behind their house. They cleared it all out of the storage, you know, all yeah. this, the shit, mm-hmm, and they mm-hmm. stayed there. Yeah. So one day they um, went to the apartment to look for them. Juan did, the oldest son, and they were gone. Like, gone. Sergio was gone. The daughter was gone, and Ruby was gone. They're like, uh, that's weird. Um, Maricela was like, uh, what do you mean they're gone? She went to look for her. Um, and then they found when they went back to the apartment, Sergio was there with their daughter and they're like, that's weird. Like where's Ruby? Is she like at the grocery store? What's going on here? Um, Sergio was like, oh, she left with another guy and left the kid with him. No, the fuck she didn't. And the next day Sergio was gone. Keep going. Mm Mm-hmm. We're in December 2008 now, okay? So this is happening in 2007, um, and then now we're in December 2008. Maricela was like, big, fat, fucking nope. My daughter did not leave your ass. The fuck she would leave that that little girl. She fucking loved that little girl. That was her world. Yeah. Right? Um, And she was like, okay, I'm going to start looking for my daughter. So I'm going to give a little context here. Juarez, obviously crime, shit like that, but also has a problem with missing women. Um, there's a very large percentage of women that go missing in Juarez. Um, they're either murdered or just straight up. They don't even know where the fuck they are, what happened to them. Um, so it's unfortunately not an uncommon thing. Mm-hmm. Um, sex trafficking is large there as well. I mean, any number of things could have happened to her. So she's like, ah, okay, I'm going to figure this out. 
Her, okay, so, and, and I just need you to, to know who the dream team is here. It's Maricela, the mom, mm-hmm. and eldest son, Juan. Okay. These two motherfucking badasses go on this quest together, and I just can't even, it's insane. They went to all the bars, all the nightclubs, strip clubs, brothels. They searched the streets. They went to all the fucking businesses. They questioned everybody in the city that they saw. And one of the things that Juan said in the documentary is like, some of these, these girls we're talking to are 15, 16 years old working in brothel. Like, this is not a world that should exist, right. and nor do we want to find her here. However, we're going to fucking find her ass. Right. Finally, they were after an exhaustive search. They're like, "Fuck this shit." They file a missing persons report. They're like, "Okay, we're, we've we've done as much as we can." Right. Um. And what did the police say? Oh, you know, run away. No foul play. Of course they did. They motherfucking pulled a runaway card out. Of which, course they. You know did. how much I hate that shit. Yep. <sighs> It's just sad to say, I thought it was just a U.S. problem. No, it's everywhere. It's everywhere. Oh, this is a fucking runaway. I'm sorry. Do you just run the fuck away from your entire life from a daughter you love just because eh, shits and gigs? I don't care anymore. No. I might. Well, but it's because you're working. Uh, yeah. <laughs> of course it is. <laughs> so, they're doing all this stuff, so... That was December 2008. Now we're in February of 2009. Police aren't doing shit. They've done what they could do. Maricela and her family, they're like, I don't have any other recourse here. They started passing out flyers. Like, look, we're offering a reward. They even joined the other families that also had missing girls. And at this time, Ruby was 17 years old, okay? Um, this is when they caught a break. A guy from Sergio's neighborhood saw the flyer. And he wanted to talk to Juan and Maricela. He said that we, he was out one night with a group of guys. Here comes Sergio and his brother, Andy. They were started asking for help to haul furniture. Sergio's brother, Andy, and someone else went to help them, right? Much later on, after this, they came back. Andy came back to hang out with the guys and told them, shit's crazy, man. Sergio killed Ruby. And they're like, what? And so then Sergio came back to the group. And they're like, dude, your brother just said you fucking killed Ruby. Is that real? And he was like, yeah. Like, I killed her. And that's what we did. Uh, like, it's no big thing? Yeah. And it was like, wait, excuse me? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So Maricela and Juan are like, why are you telling us this? Like, what do you have to gain from this? If anything, you're going to get in trouble and you could get... Yeah. And, like, fucking killed yourself. And he's like, look, my sister was murdered, and my mom told me to stand up and say and do the right thing. And so even though I'm, te- I'm fucking terrified, I, I think you need to know this information. Yeah. And I was like, yes, dude. So snaps to you, dude. Thank you for doing this. Um, so here's what actually happened to Ruby. Ruby and Sergio got into a fight because previous to this, she had already left his motherfucking ass. Goodbye. Get the fuck out of my life. She did the right thing. And as we all know, this is the most dangerous time for a woman is when she's leaving, has left, is in a separation from her husband or from her partner of any kind. 
And that's whenever shit gets fucking real. Yep, that's when they... Snap. Mm-hmm. So he killed her. I heard one that said he shot her. Not entirely sure. He drove her body to the landfill, put it in a drum, and burned it. Ugh. Yeah. Super, super chill and totally respectful of the woman who birthed your child. Mm-hmm. Maricela convinced the man who told her this information to tell the cops. Thank God. And the co- finally a case was opened. Thank of course. You. How many years later? Yeah, like two, three months later. Um, only then do they take it seriously, and Marcel was like, y'all fucking police are on my shit list because it took this for you to even take this seriously. Um, Maricel and family did the first search of the landfill. Because, of course they did. Because they're like, we don't trust your motherfucking asses. Mm-hmm. It was really hard because this landfill is where they dump, like, animal carcasses. Ugh. So think, like, you know, a butcher. Yeah. Boom. Throwing a pig yeah. carcasses, whatever else out there. So it was, like, really, like, we don't know what we're looking at here. Yeah. Um, Maricela says, I wasn't going to stop until I found her. And, unfortunately, I didn't find anything that day that they searched. Um she was in like, fuck this. So she was like, I'm going to find this guy, motherfucker Sergio, because shocker, he's disappeared through all of this. He's of gone. Her, uh, he's at work. He's at work. He's at he's work. He's working super hard for that wife and kid he allegedly has, right? He's at work. Mm-hmm. Um, and here's the other kicker. The baby girl is missing as well. So they're like, okay, I'm assuming this guy has her. I'm hoping. We don't know at this point. So she's like, if anything, I need to find my granddaughter. Um, he took her to work. Yeah. It was take your daughter to work day. Yeah, exactly. So she, Maricela, paid somebody. And I don't know how she found this somebody, which we're going to leave it at that. For information on where the hell Sergio was. I mean. <laughs> you do what you got to do. Mexico. You got to eat shit. You would do that here. Am I wrong? You would be like, Here. Here's the information. I'm not saying Here. you're lying. Here's the information. That's all I need. Here's some money. Not saying you're lying. Right? So they found him in Fresnillo. Um, and they got him. Luckily, it sounds really shitty to say this, but luckily he did abduct the daughter. She was alive. And because he did, he basically vi- he, he kidnapped his, a child. Because right. the mother was supposed to sign off on, hey, you can take my kid. Right. And she was nowhere to be found, so she couldn't do that, so they got a chance to arrest him on abduction. He confessed to the cops that he killed Ruby. Well, I mean, at least he confessed. Yeah. Confessed to the cops. I mean, there's And he then went and showed him where they buried her, where he put the body. They exhumed her. Marcella searched that area. So she could hold a piece of her daughter in her hands. And she did. From the documentary, Juan says that it was like a piece of like, they weren't really sure, but it looked like her spinal cord. But essentially, her mom just wanted to hold. It was truly upsetting. So trigger warning. Sorry, I should have said that first. Yeah, you should have said shit pothole first. Shit pothole. But it was like, oh, God, the poor mother. Obviously, Maricela got custody of her granddaughter because fuck that motherfucker. Um, so now we're going into the trial mode and we've got the evidence like this dude did it. 
So at the time, there was this recent law because of how many women were being killed in Juarez that were unsolved, that was changed, and Sergio was going to be the first person tried under this new law. So here's the law under new judicial reform in Mexico. It's basically moving from a closed written proceeding type of oral trials to a system much like what we have that puts the burden of proof on the prosecutors. Oh. So in other words, they went from a way where it was like, like a more oral, this is what happened, here's all these people who give evidence to mm-hmm. what we have here. Right. So before the trial, Maricela wanted to make sure everybody knew who the fuck this guy was. She marched every single day for over a week back from the prosecutor's office to the city courthouse around six miles every single day with a sign on her with her family behind her with my, with Ruby's face on it saying this guy Sergio deserves to die he murdered my daughter essentially holy maximum fuck. sentence holy fuck every single day this woman is doing a protest okay she's like and obviously the news people show up because this yeah. is a kind of a big deal yeah um so now we're April 2010 the trial was held and the the court came back saying that there was not enough evidence to tr- to prosecute Are you hitting me? Oh girl. I lost my shit when I heard this. I was like, "Are you fucking insane? This dude fucking like confessed to cops." Yeah, he confessed. Like, how do you say there's not enough evidence when he confessed? Here's why. Oh, he recanted. Nope. Here's why. Because in Mexico, so Many false confessions happen because they they have in the past and allegedly now tortured witnesses that it's not a slam dunk like it is here in the States whenever you confess your crime to a cop. Oh, that's bullshit. Yeah. It's more like taking into consideration versus it is the end all be all. Then explain to me how he knew where the body was. Thank you. That's what I said. And they're like, that's well, bullshit. that's circumstantial. Essentially, that's circumstantial, my asshole. Yes. They fucked with the wrong mom. Uh, yeah, they did. Um, the city was outraged. They're like, are you fucking kidding me? Another statistic of a murdered woman. And yet, it's proven this dude did it. And yet, he's still not going to go to jail. So now she's like, fuck this. She's marching every single day. Again, six miles. Police to the courthouse. But with more supporters. She even marched naked one time with just a sign covering her. Again, daughter's face on it. She hired a lawyer to try to overturn the verdict by appeal because she's like, this is bullshit. And they did. They did. They overturned the the verdict by appeal and they found him guilty. Thank God they saw the light. Like, this is stupid. So guess what? What? Sergio is obviously on the run again because he's like, uh, bye. You know, he's, Oh Lord have mercy. Why wouldn't you be? You got, you got like told that you were innocent. So you're like, okay, later days. And now I'm going to fucking hide my ass because I don't want you to freaking find me. Oh my God. Then he gets convicted and now he's a fugitive from the law. He's in the United States for sure. So, you know, Monticello's thinking, okay, the cops are going to step in because now there's like a warrant out for this guy's arrest. The cops didn't do anything. Of course not. They put out an APB. That's an all-points bulletin. That's basically like, oh, this guy killed somebody. Look out for him. He's in America. This motherfucker. So Marcella was like, you know what? Fuck that. She's like, I'm going to find him. 
So she drove all the way from Juarez to Mexico City, 963 miles along the way. Every city she stopped in, she handed out flyers, she protested, she marched, she talked to everybody in the area. She's like, do you know this person? No? Okay, know him now. This is his face. This is what he looks like. Here's where he lives. Or here's where he lived. This is like all of this information. Every single fucking state she could stop in, she stopped in. She talked to every single cop. She went over to cover. She went to bars. They asked laborers. She spoke to the media. And this is my favorite statement that she's that I've heard in a minute. And she said, the men who are used to inflicting violence on women will learn that sentences aren't only written on paper. Oh, snap. Look at that fucking tattooed. <laughs> she's not playing. No, why would you? She's done. She's like, not only for my daughter, but all these other people's daughters. Yep. Fuck this. It's like, why does this keep happening? This took them three weeks, by the way. To go from Juarez to Mexico City, wow. doing all of this, a thousand miles all the way down. Wow. Yeah. So she asked for a meeting with the president, called her on. She's like, let's talk. Let's talk about this. He denied it. Of course. of course. She marched down Reforma, which is like the main street. This is amazing part of the documentary. You gotta see where she's marching down the main street of Mexico city and like holding up traffic with this like slow protest with her car and everything. It was incredible. Um, and eventually she was like, you know what? I bet he's in Fresno. I bet he's this, this dude went right back to that same goddamn city. I found him in before. And yup, sure was. And guess what she finds a girlfriend around the same age as Ruby. <gasps> and she was pregnant. Oh, hell no. With this dude. Hell no. Did she take the girl back to her mama? Pattern of behavior. You know, Ruby wasn't the first one. No. No. And obviously not the last. Obviously. So she called the cops. He's here. This is where he's living. This is the motherfucker. And then they... Did nothing. Botched the arrest. And he got away. You know what I would do? I would get in bed with the cartel. Who, you? As the mom? Mm -hmm. Let's go here. Just keep that thought. So the prosecutors, previous and current, pointed fingers at each other for this botched arrest. Like, well, you know, I was just leaving my office and, you know, this new person was coming in. And, well, you know, I was new, so it was the previous prosecutor's problem that this botched arrest, whatever. The cops botched the arrest. This is what was said in the documentary. Because they wanted the reward money, which they couldn't get. And the prosecutors knew the cops were corrupt. So then why the fuck do you have corrupt cops on your workforce if you know it? Mexico. Shit here, girl. Different kind of corruption here, but it's here too. True. Right? Now, granted, it is very... It's ingrained. It's a totally different situation, but yeah. You know, there is a whole... The cartels have a hold of a lot of sway, a lot of power. So, Maricela and Juan decided to do a stakeout in Fresno. This motherfucker's going to come back. He's going to come back. I just know it. That's what they did. They kept searching for him. They, get this, they rented a house, like, catty corner to his, so they could watch him. That's hardcore. Dude, think about this. Now, 
just put yourself in their situation. Her and her oldest son and some of her other family members are doing this. They have literally like left their business and their jobs and everything that they were doing to find this dude to essentially do the cops job. Yeah. Am I wrong? He's, they're doing the cops job. You're not wrong. It's insane. But God dang it. Fucking badass, right? I mean, if she had just stabbed him in the carotid artery when she, like, back in the beginning. True. But also, she didn't realize it was going to get to this situation. Who would? Who would be like, you know what? This guy, right? Hello, I'm on a true crime podcast. I know it's going to get to this situation. Mom was holding out hope. She was like, she's going to come around, dump his ass, and then we'll be done with this situation. Yes, but unfortunately, the guy she messed with was a piece of shit. They are. Mm. So they found out when they started building a network with the neighbors that Sergio joined the cartels after this. Of course he did. Protection, you know? I'm not going to name the cartel because nope. should be told. No, nope, we're not going to do that. They're fucking, I'm not playing that game. No, we're not doing that. No. But get his dumbass name. Commander Bambino. This is the name he chose. Commander Bambino? Fuck out of here. I'm not even going to make fun of that. That's trash. That's a trash name. You like that name? I'm not saying I like it. I'm saying I'm not touching anything. I'm not saying anything about that has anything to do with the cartel. I'm saying I would have gone into bed with the cartel to find him. Hold that thought. So this network she built among the neighbors to find out where he was living. They stayed for three months, just so you know. Okay. As soon as they found out he was part of a cartel, they were like, okay, we're out of our depth here. We're going to have to bow out because it's going to get fucking real, real fast. Mm-hmm. Um, Maricela did get close to one local woman. And this woman had a lot of information about the cartel. A lot. Like shit like this is going down at this time in this day. Here's where they keep this like shit that's incriminating. She's like, okay. Um, so what, what Maricel did was she went back to Juarez under the new governor, Cesar Duarte. And she went to the prosecutor then and was like, I have all this information about this cartel that also connects to my daughter's murder. And I am more than willing to put it down on paper and you guys can record me. I don't care. And that's where that statement at the beginning of this comes in. That's her giving the big, her statement, part of her statement. So she literally stayed there for hours just saying, this is what the woman told me. Here's everything you need to know all about the cartel. Here's where this guy Sergio is Commander Bambino, and all of that, right? And keep in mind, Cesar Duarte, at the time, his platform was one of cleaning up Chihuahua, which is the state where Juarez is, with no more corruption, all this stuff. So Marcel's like, prove it. Mm-hmm. Prove it. Yeah. Here's the information you need to know. So she, she decided, okay, I'm going to protest and camp out in front of the government palace. Call your motherfucking ass out. Prove this shit to me. Right? If he truly was against corruption, he would take care of this issue. She not only did this, but she turned over all the evidence, right? And they still did nothing. They just sat there. Nothing. Didn't open an investigation, didn't look into anything, didn't go check things out, nothing. One point, Marcella stated, what is the government waiting for? That he come and finish me? And fast forward to December 16th of 2010. 
So she's out in front of her van, you know, and she's living in a van, just so you know, in front of the governor's like office, essentially in the middle of the city. We're talking like, this is like a main street. This is not like backwoods. Nobody's around. She's packing up her vigil for the night and a man parks beside her van and parks it kind of like in front of her truck, right? He goes around the car, chases her across the street and shoots her across the street. And this is all caught on CCTV. Okay. I I watched it. It was extremely upsetting. Um, yeah, I was like, this is insane. Um, the country now, cause she's getting a lot of press, right? I mean, this is like happening. They are so pissed. The entire country erupts into protests, like almost immediately human rights activists, politicians, the fucking governor Duarte. And now the president all of a sudden called her on like, Oh, we condemn this and blah, blah, blah. All that shit. You're like, well, yeah, now you do. Yeah. Now you do. And even a rival cartel condemned the murder. What? Yeah. That's kind of saying something. Yeah. If like, even they're like, yeah, that's kind of shitty. Yeah. Because now Marcella scene is like, she's like standing up for her daughter. But yeah. Kind now of she's like, kind of seen almost as like a, um, keep going. I'll think of the word in a second. Yeah. So it's convoluted. There's all this weirdness around who, who murdered her, but essentially from what I gathered, it was, it's the cartel. Yes. Or getting rid of her because she's too loud talking about a guy. Don't like it. Yeah. Um, and then what happens their wood shop burns down and who's found inside the uncle that was running it at the time. Of course. So they're sending a message. Yes. Of get the fuck away. Yes. Move on with your life. Yeah. So to this day, the investigation into who murdered Maricela has not been reopened. Of course not. And um, they're kind of like, well, sleeping dog, Sergio, no idea where that motherfucker is, is what it is. Now, I'm going to uplift us. Okay. okay. I'm going to go up, promise. Yeah, we need that. I'm sorry, y'all. <laughs> so her granddaughter was carried into El Paso by two of her uncles and great uncle. Really cute. I love this. Um, all four requested political asylum and one, her eldest son was granted asylum. Yes. In 2015. Thank God. So he was granted asylum because again, like he, he essentially would have been next. Yes. With the cartels. Like, yes. Goodbye. Um, 100%. I can't find any more about the granddaughter. Good. I'm yes. hoping she's living her life. She's living her best life somewhere. Yep. Um, and the government this is what Juan is saying about it. Nothing seems certain in the Mexican government's position is still the same. A government that does not tell the truth and does not want to find a solution. Yeah, of course, because, well, of course. Yeah. So femicide in Mexico, which is, you know, murdering women, the murder of women, stands at about 1.5 women killed for every 100,000 as of 2019. Um, Statistical research in July 5th of 2021, the number of women murdered on account of their gender in Mexico reached 939 in 2020, with June being the deadliest month for women in Mexico that year with 94 femicides documented. 
Now, granted, Mexico is like a middle of the list. The top of the list is Honduras mm-hmm. for you know Central and South America. Yeah. Um, in March 2020, the government of Mexico imposed a partial lockdown due to the coronavirus pandemic. And domestic violence and um, sexual abuse reports in Latin America rose during the first months after the outbreak. Mexico, for instance, experienced a 25% increase in domestic violence reports. So, sounds fucking shitty. Life is terrible. Corruption. Femicide. What the fuck do we do? I'll tell you. <laughs> There's a link. I found this incredible website that not only is Maricela, like, hailed obviously as like a bastion for women's rights and anti-femicide and being a fucking badass bitch. There's also all these other women that um, are working to end femicide in Mexico. And I'm going to put a link on our website for it because guess what? Just because it's a problem now doesn't mean it has to continue. We can always do something because you want to know why? As I said today on one of my posts, knowledge is power. Is that not said? You did now. I can't remember. <laughs> I can't remember. We did a lot of talking, <laughs> but no, but seriously, it's like there is a way to change things. And it's one fucking step at a time as painful as it is. Right. These women are bringing to light issues in Mexico that also exist here in the States. I think it's incredibly important that we remember and keep that out oh. of spirit. Knowledge can bring about change. That's what I said. There it is. Like that spirit of never giving up. Mm-hmm. never taking that first answer as the answer, never saying like, Oh, well, you know, it is what it is. She was like, no, it isn't what it is. Like I want to do whatever I need to do to find my daughter's murderer. And we need to stop this. It's enough. Enough yeah. is enough. We be done. We're done with this. So Maricela, thank you. Honestly, like to this day, there's been quite a few protests in Mexico city that I've seen about this issue and she's now like on the posters you know she's the word i'm trying to think not she's a martyr for sure but she's also like a um she's an activist a a, a symbol of the revolution so to speak yeah that's not what i'm thinking of i'll think of it later though jerk salad (laughs) you're gonna have one of those jerk store jerk store moments like in seinfeld where you're like god dang it um she's Anyhow, yeah, anyhow. But this is my badass mom. I freaking love her story because it's like she didn't lay down and just take it. She was like, I am no, absolutely not. So she would have jumped in the pool. Absolutely would have jumped in the pool. <laughs> she would have destroyed the pool afterwards, too. She would have spider monkey into <laughs> that motherfucker. Yeah. I'm just saying. Yeah. I don't disagree. But yeah, so there is hope at the end of the day. It is getting better. It actually is. There, the, the statistics are showing that the, the, these femicides are going down, but there's always more work to be done. And I think it's important to bring light to it. But uh, yeah, that was my, my good mom. <sighs> what an episode. Star Mom. I know. It was, it was good. It was good. I think number 10, we, we nailed it. We nailed it. <laughs> Stick with us. Yes, please. We promise it's not always like this. Not always like this. Um, or this long. No. <laughs> no. We had a good time doing it. We do something special when we hit double digits. That's right. Well, thanks y'all so much for listening. And as always, we will see you next Tuesday. Bye. Thanks for joining us today. 
You can find us on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. And as always, we'll see you next Tuesday. Mm-hmm.